0: Celebrating success, learning from legends, and growing poppies. This is Tall Poppy Talk with Grace Lewis. Kia and welcome to Tall Poppy Talk, take two. Take two. <laughs> so I feel like I need to emphasise for well, the record books. There is a brilliant conversation we've already had. For those people that listen, talk to you, But honestly, the quality is just not there. And I'm like, I'm dealing with Stanley, the attention seeker. Of course, this is the time that it goes wrong. So I'm like, is there a theme for today? (laughs) Mercy from your (laughs) side. And I had to come like tail between my legs and be like, yo, it's just not, it's not good enough. And I'm like, who better to talk to in this situation (laughs) than you and the team? Because, I mean, have you had that before? Where you're just like, I'm messed up and how do I approach it?
1: We are like... Our team is, uh, it's part of our brand voice that we like I've seen before out there, like spelling mistakes, mistakes in our audio, just it's part of our brand voice that we move so fast and we break stuff so fast that this is just normal. So when you told me I was cracking up, it's just like a classic attention-seeker move. You should probably work for us. Like it's just classic attention-seeker <laughs> mistakes. Um, I do think you should send me it though, the files, because like the guys might be able to fix it. There's an AI that we have.
0: I think that it would be something in your expertise yeah. and with your team yeah. and that's like, because when I'm a one woman
1: show, yeah. even
0: today, having other people to talk to about yeah. what I'm doing is suddenly like so much more calming. Yeah. I build confidence because when you're doing it by yourself, like yeah. when I got the feedback, like it's not good. Yeah. People listening, like it's distracting from what yeah. he's saying. Then I'm like, I went into like a panic of myself. of like, oh, shit, what am yeah. I going to do? Uh, uh. Ghost him? Like I joked about <laughs> it. <laughs> I joked about it before. But, seriousness, that was a great conversation. And there's some points I want to touch upon, but to begin with, like that was four weeks ago. Yeah. Your week five yep. of a 10 week stint in New mm. York. When we met that first time, you were still kind of Google Mapsing mm. how to get everywhere. Yeah. Joni was crying yep. <laughs> all the time and clear. And you had no kind of plans of meeting people in terms of pitching and stuff. No. How? much has that changed in the four weeks
1: yeah it's it's changed huge like we <laughs> we feel like we've been here for six months now as I was saying to you outside and um, it, it does feel like it does feel like it's a place that we could call home you know what I mean like we're both like all of us are gone we're coming back like this like this is where we live now like we're, we're just going home for a holiday not going home back to home like we're actually we're just going home for holiday and then we're going to come back to New York
0: But also, you had already spent, what, 12 years overseas before you went back to New Zealand? Exactly, So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And to run through that quickly, so from New Zealand to Australia?
1: Yeah, went to Australia, then we did a stint in the the UK, and then I did, I went back to Australia, then I went to Japan, and then I came back to Australia before coming back to New Zealand.
0: Those are such different cultures in general, let alone like working cultures. What's been the biggest, I suppose, thing you like Mm. about the New York East Coast atmosphere and something that you aren't liking so much?
1: <laughs> um, what I like about it, there's, a, there's heaps I like about it. So yeah, there's the energy. There's an energy in the city that's just contagious. Like you just walk down the street and you feel alive, right? Like everyone else is alive. Even though people aren't looking at you or talking to you, it's like, <laughs> it's kind of good. There's just an energy that you know stuff's moving. There's a misconception, I think, of people think of New York as if it's busy and people are, too fast and moving, but they're not like they're actually quite chill and take their time. And they, but they work, they're always going with purpose somewhere, they're always going to do something, right? Whereas, like, I think in New Zealand, like, as a contrast, there's a lot of doing nothing, you know. People just, oh, yeah, we'll catch up in a couple of weeks, you know. It's like, why not catch up now? We're both free, like, let's just do this now, right? And I think in New York, that's what happens. And I kind of was taught that even before coming here that there's no point trying to reach out to people in New York until you're here because they'll just want to meet you straight away. And so that was the first thing I love about it, like just stuff happens here and it moves at a pace that I like. Um, There's also just like access to everything, the people, the food, the shops. Like if you want something, it's within a block or two of you, wherever you are. You know, like if you need to go to a pharmacy, there's one in a block of you. If you need, you know, to go get food or coffee or meet someone for a drink or whatever it might be that you need it's 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 just there i love that i love the density of it um things i don't like about like i don't like the rats the rats suck
0: (laughs) they're staying they They are staying they run run the city city. city.
1: um i don't like the rats i what i don't like it's not really the city i don't like but what i've found real difficult i was sort of saying to you outside is i'm really unproductive here because of the two time zone thing um I thought I'd be quite productive because I'd get to do two lots of work almost with people, but actually it's just quite um, interruptive of each other. They kind of, there's the, the crucial point from like 2pm to 6pm where they all cross over and, and that really kills me. So I've actually been less productive than I thought, but but honestly like the actual city itself, I, there's little things like the food is, um, there's a term that Joni and her husband use called jalak, which is like, um, this Indonesian, oh no, sorry, Malay term, that means like, uh, like I'm bored of the flavor, like it's a bit too much. Um, it's a bit overpowering sort of stuff, and it's just like, oh, I'm over this. And a lot of the food here is Jalak. Jalak. Yeah, so it's like, you eat it and you just like, okay, it's like, there's too much of something in this, and I, I, you know it's not balanced, Yeah. the food's not balanced. Like Things are very sweet, the bread's all sweet.
0: Don't eat
1: the bread. Don't eat the bread, like unless it's a bagel. So yeah. the bagels are good. And this is like sourdough or something like that, like proper bread. But like, burger buns are sweet, things like that. And so there's like there's a lot of the foods like Jalak. And so actually, which is I kind of annoyed at myself, but like the best coffee found is like in the street, like Bluestone, so like the Australian style coffee. And the best food, like breakfast, we have found is um, Ruby's Cafe, which is an Australian cafe. So it's just like. Can I not get my palate adjusted to the sweet stuff? I don't know. We into this like salt cure pancakes, griddle pancakes or something. And I mean like the one pancake they had was good, but like you'd have a couple bites and by like, the fifth bite July. it's just
0: it's just like And so that's like you're here, the team, mm. Claire, Joni, yourself. And there's a team is it twenty one people? Yep. It's twenty one. I remember thinking it was sixteen, psych.
1: Yeah. Twenty one. Twenty one.
0: And something I'm really interested in, especially when you're here, you have a two to six window. You're saying like essentially four hours where it's prime communication with each other. Yeah. Outside of that, how do you trust the team? How do you keep things moving? You're Mm. trying to manage so much Mm. in terms of quality control. Mm. How are you approaching that?
1: Um, I've always been very good at delegating and giving people trust. I've I've always been like that as a leader, like... There's no point in having people and then like micromanaging them. There's just no point, right, what's the point? Um, I may as well just do it all myself and keep more of the profit. So I've got Nate, Elaine, and Alicia, and they're my leadership team in New Zealand. And uh, they're in charge. Like, they're in charge. I don't do anything. Like I'll give them my feedback and I'll tell them my way of doing things. But I've said to them multiple times, at the end of the day, you have to take whatever I say and, and you've got to execute on it. Because at the end of the day, you're in charge and I'm gonna hold you accountable if this doesn't go right. So yeah, I might say one thing, but you have to be strong enough as a leader to go, okay, well, this is what we're gonna do, Stan. You're not here, we have to make a decision. And they've been doing that. They have, Nate's very good at it. Elaine is um, coming to grips with it now that she realizes that just because I say something doesn't mean it. Um, What we have noticed, like a lot, is the team's forgotten about us. they've just moved on and I, I'm both excited by it because that's the dream as a leader of a business that you're not needed and I'm also quite sad about it because they're like well they don't need me anymore um but I feel so out of touch with them and just so does Joni like we feel so far removed from that team now we jump on morning briefings with them at about three forty-five in the 45 um, in our time and there it's all their morning and there's just jokes and inside jokes that they have and they're talking about stuff and we just don't know and that's quite sad like they very much as a separate business in New Zealand to the one that's going to form here, um, and you start to see how like these multi-multi uh, country organisations like start to silo off. Like we're small, and that's happening. So imagine if you're ten thousand people, yeah.
0: Yeah, a couple of things off that right. Like even though you trust them and you know that they're the good like they're good leaders and you're you're delegating, which is brilliant. The reason you start a business because you especially the attention seeker, which I'm just gonna ask you to give like actually what is the attention seeker because mm. we've named it a few times. You're the kind of person who wants to be involved in it all and mm. to know what's happening and I know you've had mentors who see stuff in you that you didn't see in yourself. Mm. So when you're looking at your team, maybe putting trust in them when they don't think they're up for it, is mm. that because like you were given that grace essentially or someone looked at you and was like I know you can do more. Do you try to put that forward to your team?
1: Yeah, I think that people, um, I think that most people, when they're young especially, but most people in general, don't think they're as capable as they, they are, and the reason is, is that they have never been given the trust to do something, and I know as a business owner, I can put out any fire. Like, if there's a fire that goes off in our business, I'll put it out, I'll fix it, but the moment that you lose, if you don't give that full trust to someone to take charge, is is just too, it's too much to lose. Like, I say at the moment with Nathan at the moment, who's running the show back home. He, like, I try not to step on his toes too much and try to give him full free reign. There's some things I'll tell him, but again, like I said, I have to say, but at the end of the day, you need to make the decision. And he could make some big mistakes. Like, he could lose clients and whatever, right? But I can fix it. I can sign more clients. I can do. It. But like, the thing he learns from losing that client is like, is I can't pay for that experience, and so he will never lose a client that way again. Not that he has. He hasn't lost any. But if he was to, um, I could never get that experience back, and so he would be less of a leader moving forward. And I think that with all the things with my team, like, like Joni at the start of the year lost a huge client of ours. It was worth heaps. Like, it was massive. <laughs> And, But it was my fault because I left her in charge to run it. But what she learned from that experience has made her who she is today. She's so much better. And we've actually got another opportunity from the same client, which is the one we're talking about outside of this. And so she's going to be able to like take all everything she learned from that and apply it to this and not do it again. And so, yeah, we might have lost this big client, but we've got a bigger client to replace it and a staff member who can handle it
0: that intangible thing that she wouldn't have learned even relating back to me when i'm like oh shit i messed up <laughs> yeah yeah i'm never gonna mess up like that again because like, <laughs> yeah. that feeling and coming to grips with like it was on you and if there was someone else to attribute blame or share it with but when you wholeheartedly are like oh i had accountability and responsibility of this the learnings are 100% yours oh, yeah 100%. and then that's when it's how you respond so yeah as much as the instinct is to yeah. be like I'm just going to bury my head in the sand you're like <laughs> I need to be solution orientated I feel my feelings for a second and then I'm like yeah okay I actually need to plan yeah. what to do for it. so in this instance contacted you <laughs> it's like, Stanley and then also I have a buffer of guests I've recorded yeah. so I'm like okay the next one's going yeah. through, put that out, what can I take away and learn from it? And in the industry you're in, yeah. there really isn't guidelines, there's no best practices in the industry, like you're creating them.
1: Yeah.
0: So to step back for a second, what is the attention seeker? Mm. What industry are you in?
1: It's <laughs> a real good question. Uh, the, the longer we've been in this business, the more we realise that we're, um, we're not really a marketing agency. Um, we do marketing, but actually it's, we, we always struggle to feel like, is it brand, is it marketing, is it whatever. But it's, it's starting to morph into more of like, we're a media company, and we make media for other companies. Because we don't do ad content that much, like we're not, we, we don't do paid, we do organic content, we, we are essentially creating brand-funded content for people. We just don't do it to the level of, say like, Kevin Hart does it, right? Like, we're not making the Barbie movie. You know, maybe one day when we're bigger, but like, the Barbie movie was brand funded content by Mattel. Well, we do the same things for our clients. We just do it on a much smaller scale at a different sort of level. Um. And so, the more I'm playing in this game, the more I'm starting to realize that actually we're not a marketing agency as such or whatever. We are a media agency, a creative agency, right? Who, Who makes media for brands. And because we don't do the whole funnel, like we're not doing, you know, all this fucking display ads and all this crap, like we don't do any of that. We just make like really good branded content that's gonna build you an audience. Um, It's not really the same. So it's hard to explain, but at the end of the day, like that doesn't really help clients trying to come fund us. Like we're a creative agency, that's what we have to tell them. Like we make creative. And that they can understand.
0: And I can understand that because like what I was showing you when we were out there. I do the display ads, I do yeah. the programatics, like, yeah. and you're putting funds and resources almost like a splatter gun approach, yeah. and then trying to respond like, oh well what's doing well? Mm. Whereas what you're doing, it's so important, it's always important what the brand is and what they're selling, but yeah. for you, like, with organic, social, it's 100% yeah. them, you're just amplifying it. So yeah. when you're pitching or when you're trying to find clients, are you, Like pretty critical because you want to make sure that who they are is actually going to be something you can work with.
1: Yeah, I. So I get this a lot. People asking me, like, does a client have to be a certain type of client for you guys to work with them? And the only type of thing the client has to be is trust, like, be able to trust us. And that doesn't happen very often. So, but but the reason why I say it like this is that actually I would prefer harder and harder challenges every time. Um, this, this client that we signed on in the US recently they are a beauty brand and beauty brands are hard to run on social, organic social especially because that's so saturated and then you're competing with the likes of the Kardashians or uh, Selena Gomez or Rihanna or like how do you compete with these megastars right so I, that, that typically like if you're going to look at this and go oh can we do anything different here, can we make this work you would say no, so mm. don't do it, don't take it. But for me, the challenge is so exciting that, well, what if we can do it? Like how much this open us up to the beauty industry, right? We've got a very small slice of the beauty industry here in one little vertical, but there's like 99% of the industry we, we, we aren't overlapping with this brand. So what if we could then take on all this as well, you know? And then, and then you start working with like the Procter & Gamble's of the world and the Unilevers and stuff where They're like, oh, wow, you did that really good with a small little budget. What if we gave you this much budget to take on Maybelline, you know? And then it's like, okay.
0: But even too with timeline, for you and for them, Mm. because, I I mean, we're very instant. Like we want to see results straight away, but building brand awareness, even just finding like who your audience is Mm -hmm. and to work with the algorithms or however that's what you guys do. Yeah this is a more like technical question, but Mm -hmm. is there a certain amount of like breathing room or time that you allow before you start analyzing like, okay, we're being successful or not? Like do you give it six months, a month? Like what does that look like?
1: Uh, You can tell, with the platforms the way they work today, you can tell within a day if the content's good or not. You know, you can pretty much tell within four hours if you've got it or not. If it's a brand new account and you're not sure, Mm Because like, brand new accounts sometimes have got no, the algorithm has no idea where to push it, maybe not. But you can, like, in most cases you can find out within a day or two if that content was good. And then what you do is you just go back and analyze it, right? Like, You just go, say a thousand people watched it, well where did they drop off? Where was, where was the retention? Oh well they all dropped off here, okay why? Oh it's because we paused for a second and a half and therefore no one, like everyone just thought the video was over, they got bored or whatever it was. So I don't think like it take it might take us six months to get it right. That's a different thing. But it doesn't mean it takes you six months to go, oh, that didn't work, let's change. It mean it's like every day it's like, oh, what worked, what didn't, let's change, let's fix, let's change, let's fix until oh we got it.
0: It's so instant. Yeah. But you have to be monitoring that all the time, right? Like it's yeah. it's it's a seven day a week
1: yeah sort of gig oh yeah for sure you have to be on it like you have to be reading the comments you have to be looking at retention you have to be and like it's real hard for my team because they don't care the same as i do yeah. because it's not their business and they shouldn't care um they get paid to care for 40 hours a week and then after that they're caring, right and that's not true my team are like they're pretty into it but they just don't deep dive as well as much, and they're creative so that like numbers aren't as big of a thing for them as it is for me. Uh, But yeah, it is instant, and there's a lot of it, and if you really want to accelerate, you need to be in it all the time, which is why for our brand, um, because I mean, we spend the most of any of our customers on our own brand, right? So we have people, myself included, looking at it all the time. But the same thing we do with customers. The bigger the customer, obviously the more resources we allocate towards it, because we charge them for it. um, And you're on it every day. Like, what, what is this? Why did it work? Why didn't it work? What do we need to do next time?
0: And I appreciated a lot, and I've seen it in the flesh, like, your team here, Claire and Joni, like, Joni in particular, she, I, I called it a unconventional working relationship, <laughs> okay. because it is. You're in New York, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. not your 40 hours a week, but I would like you to please tell the story, and people can find it on TikTok, on your socials, but in terms of how invested your team is, because I, mm. I see that they take your energy, like yep. that spread across LinkedIn, anything anyone's writing or communicating on behalf of the attention seeker, you've given them that confidence mm. that, that they walk around with that. So with Joni, what was it? The, the bet was if she could?
1: Oh, there's been plenty, but the most recent one was, she made the bet with me, actually, which she said, uh, so, so what happened is Joni's like core job is to run our TikTok, right? That's her core job, so, um, 95% of her day is like, I need to put TikToks out. And she had had a, a lull period in our growth. We got, I mean, we were still at like 380,000 followers. And, um, but she hadn't had her mojo and she'd been doing other work. And so she sat me down for a presentation, which is uh, a style of content that we're quite known for on our uh, on our TikTok. And she bet me, she's like, I, I bet you that in two months when we get to New York, I can double our followers, and if not, if I can, you gotta get a tattoo of my choosing, and if I don't, then I'll get a tattoo of your choosing. And in the video I said, no, I'm not gonna get a bloody tattoo, but um, I will fly your husband over if you get it. And anyway, that video took off, 250,000 followers from one video, Um, so I was like, oh shit, she's actually gonna do this. And then we came down to the crunch time, it was like two weeks to go, and I was like, and it stopped again, and she'd been trying, but it stopped. And then she had a bunch of work for clients she had to do so she couldn't put as many videos out as she needed. And so I had to do a presentation and say, oh look, I'm gonna re, I've got a new challenge. If you get to 700,000, which she was still 40,000 away from. I was like, I will, uh, you don't have to get my ass tattooed on you, because that's what I told her she was gonna have to get. Um, But I will also get the tattoo of you, but we'll let the audience choose if you get 700,000. But it's before we land in New York. And so anyway, That went, we got close, we're still like 30,000 out the day we're leaving. And then Joni started putting a TikTok out every hour while we're leaving at the airport. And then had a bunch that were on the plane. And and we had people like all over the world like tracking us on our flight to see where we were and where we were landing, like they'll message us. And like those people in the comments like their flights landed, like why haven't they posted? Like they're not quite there yet, like blah, blah. blah. But we waited till we're through customers, like officially on US soil. And we had 702,000
0: a 2,000 disappeared?
1: Well, the last time we saw it was an hour before we landed, or half an hour before we landed, it was 6.99, 6.98. And so that last 2,000 came from the two hours we were standing in customs. Perfect. And so yeah, we got a tattoo. And so I've got mine on my thigh and she's got hers on her arm here. And it says questions, which is, our audience chose that, which is the piss take that we take at the end of our slide shows, which is questions about K-W-E-S-C-H-E-N-S.
0: That is so brilliant for so many reasons. And also there's like a formula there, right? Mm. She's putting out more content, yeah. you get more followers.
1: Yeah.
0: Is it that simple?
1: Yeah, it is actually. So we, we started an Instagram strategy recently because we don't we play on Instagram a lot for ourselves. Um, we started a week ago, six days ago, and she's been doing like a this easy, repeatable content method of just like, my boss said he'd give me one cent for every follower we gain on Instagram before Christmas. And she's only put on Instagram, right? And so she's so far had 600 followers in six days, which isn't lots, but it's more than most people growing on Instagram, especially when we've only got 4,000 on that platform because we yeah. did not really try. So we went from 4,000-something 4, to 4,600 or something. Um, but... Like, that's it, just put out more, and they will come. You gotta have a reason for them to wanna follow and things, and that's why she's done it the way she's done it, she's like counting rice, and this is a whole weird thing. But she'll get one of those videos take off, just one of them will, she'll do something in one of them that's funny or whatever, and it'll hit four million people, and she'll have 100,000 people follow, just like that.
0: Because the conversion rate doesn't need to be high at all if it's getting to so many eyes. Getting to so many eyes. Yeah, the engagement's coming. And I think that's something that's really cool about the industry and the organic and yeah. TikTok and that is like, if you're in traditional marketing and you're putting out your billboards and your yeah. ads and this, like, you're getting conversion hopefully, but it's so slow and you yeah. might have one campaign that is successful. But to your point, like, you put out one TikTok and for whatever reason, people engage with it, it gets millions mm. of views. That could happen every day. Yeah. Whereas. And more traditional marketing, and if your companies are investing their money in paid LinkedIn ads or something like that, you're not going to hit off like that. And that's when you do need to look at a four-week flight and say, like, oh, well, how how successful have we been? Have we converted? Which for you, like, you can put something out this afternoon,
1: yeah,
0: and it just goes. Yeah.
1: Well, you watch our TikTok tonight. She's about to put. She's editing one now that we filmed two days ago, and it's it'll go off. We know, we know, we know, we know the ones that will go off, and look, I might be wrong, in, when you watch this back, because this will already have happened, um, but I guarantee you it does, and it's the million follower prize now. So the next storyline's now a million, right? Because we're at seven, two, one, or something now. People, so yeah,
0: no, people love gamified. Anything, they love it. Anything gamified, yeah. people are going to jump on board, and when you get the users yeah. engaged. Um, okay, I you and I could go down this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <we could laughs> Revolve for a long time. Back to the crux of tall poppy talk. We discussed this last time. Yeah. Whatever. We move on. But I'm going to ask it again. Cool. Tall poppy syndrome. Four weeks wiser.
1: Yeah.
0: Could you please describe it, and what's your experience with it?
1: Yeah, it is. I have definitely um, grown my thoughts on it since being here. Uh, which has been quite interesting. So, like, Till poppy in New Zealand and Australia is very much real. I think that, however, um, we have a name for it which makes it more real. That's definitely something I've noticed. Americans and British and stuff that I've met here, but also just talked to online and whatever, they still have the same pressure. It's just not... Ta- it's no language towards it, so it's not as popular. Like, it's not... You know, like, if you have language to communicate something, then it becomes more real. Yeah. And both good and bad. So I just think in New Zealand and Australia, we're like, we use it as like a defense mechanism for why we won't do stuff because of tool poppy. And I do think it's real. I do think that people use, like, uh, like are quite hurtful to people who are successful. I think, I think what I've found since being here, why my stuff's changed is that <laughs> um, I've got a whole contingent of people who follow me on LinkedIn who are just doing nothing but pumping us up. Like they love us for it. they send us messages like they're so supportive they're like mate like you're doing this for all of us like we, we've got your back and then there's this like whole contingent of people that I know quite well who just like, are like a quiet like I get nothing from them at all they're waiting they're waiting and it's that and and I don't even know if that's true but because of the language of tool poppy I feel it and that's what I was trying to say like where sometimes our own worst enemy with tool poppy that these people might just genuinely just go, Oh, that's my mate. Like, I don't need to say anything because I know him so well. Whereas the other people who don't know me as well, like, just want to be part of the hype. Um, and so I, it could be the case. And then I'm just building my head, like, Oh, these guys are assholes, you know, like, they're all just waiting for me to crash and burn. So I guess where my thinking has changed with it, well, maybe just evolved, is that I think we're our worst enemies in New Zealand and Australia that we we think everyone's against us when we're trying to do stuff. and We find reasons for them to be like that. So what I've since done is I've gone, well, until I know, I'm not gonna make judgment. Right, if, um, until I know. Now, if we fail miserably here, there will be people who are like, gonna weigh in with their opinion and say I told you so and whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, like, what's it gonna do? Like, what, does it, what, what changes for me? What changes for me if people are out there giving me shit in my comments, t- talking shit, writing newspaper articles, whatever, right? Whatever they do, what does it really do for me? And I think that the hardest thing is gonna be for like, uh, young, it's, it's hard for young people who haven't had a lot of struggle. That's who I, like, I have trouble with. Like, Claire, she, I mean, Claire's still pretty young, but she's also not had a lot of trouble in her life. Like, she had a pretty crazy life her whole life. Um, For her, it's real tough. Like, for her, when she sees comments that are negative on my TikToks or or whatever, people who don't know us, she struggles with them. So, I can imagine if we fall real hard, she will find it real hard.
0: Whereas for you, it's just like, whatever. No brain power is going to go there. Because your point of reference is.
1: Oh, I've had a hard life. Life's been tough. Life's always been a struggle.
0: So, then comments, you're like, I.
1: I just fight back on them because it's fun. Like for me, it's so entertaining to like argue with people in the comments. I shouldn't do it as much as I should my team's like standing need to stop doing that in the comments. Um, But for me, it's funny. Like, I don't know these people. They obviously haven't, they're entertaining themselves by having some commentary. I'm not doing it the right way, I know that. But for the most part, I'll just stay out of them. Like I'll just leave them, I'll ignore them. Um, If they get hurtful, I'll just delete them and block the people. I block heaps of people on, I don't care. Like. You're just being hateful here. There's no point in you being here.
0: But because of what you're doing, yeah, we're trying to hit mm. millions and millions mm. of views on a post. Yes, some will follow you and they'll jump on the like mm. hype yeah. bandwagon. But it's almost like if I'm visualizing it, this many people get on board, and then every time you incrementally get like a little hate group, yeah, like yeah, 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 that might yeah. grow. But what you're saying is like I'm f- focused on these yeah, ones, yeah, 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 for sure. And if anything if people don't like it, it's a sign that I'm getting greater awareness.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. we lo- Like, I love the haters. Like, and I won't block haters or block their comments or anything like that. I'll only do it if they're, like, proper hurtful hate speech. Like, that's when I'm... When they're being unreasonable with their feedback. Um, or, or the moment they attack part of our team. Like, I've even... like People can attack me all they want in the comments. And to some extent, they can attack Joni because she invites it a, l- a little bit. Um... But anyone else in the team who gets attacked, we just block those people. Like, yeah. you're a dickhead. Like, get out of here. You know, we won't We won't accept that when you're attacking people you don't know um, who are doing something as part of their job and trying to really be be good at their job. Because um, our team, the content that they make doesn't invite hateful comments. Like, they're just being themselves. And then people attack their character, and that's not okay.
0: So that's like the boundary of when it goes from just general feedback, whether that's not, it doesn't need to be positive, it's just feedback Feedback, to when it crosses the line. That's when it's online, in person, and I know you mentioned, Mm. yeah, there's some silent observers that, Mm. in your mind, is it good, is it bad, who knows? knows? What they're thinking is none of your business, essentially, but in person, has there ever been any of that tall poppiness?
1: Uh, Yeah, but it's like, (laughs) not, not like, it's not overt, right? Kiwis are very reserved. And, and uh, they wouldn't like, they don't like confrontation. But they do like to stab you in the back. You know, they do like to just come up behind you and just a sh- little shiv in the side. Um, and so they'll just say little niggly things that's just like, oh yeah, there's definitely something layered to that. There's definitely more in it. Where they'll just say like, um, I'll say something that's been hard or I've stumbled on. And they're like, oh, i surprised you didn't know that was gonna happen. You know, it's like little.
0: Yeah, little side digs. Little side digs. We can't help ourselves.
1: And it's like, did you need to say that? Of course I knew that. that that wasn't a good thing. Of course I did. I thought we were mates. Yeah. You know, but I, yeah, it is hard. I think what's real hard as well, for, like, Kiwis are quite jealous people as well. Like, they don't like other people. They, they, they think it's like a zero-sum game in that for me to win means they have to lose. And that's just not true. And, and a lot of Kiwis think that way. Like, my brother's... Uh, Even like that's a mindset they have as well and like family and friends all have this mindset that if someone's winning like it's got to be competition if you're winning then I'm losing so therefore I want you to lose so I can win and that's just not true not even an ounce true and I think that is a big difference actually between New Zealand and the US is that here if you're winning they want to be with you to win with you
0: they want to be on the team and jump but my question is when do you think you got that mindset like when did that come on board into your head of like, oh, actually we can all succeed and I wanna be surrounded by people who are succeeding?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a quote by Simon Sinek that, um, it, it says to him, I've actually got it on my phone, which is recording, so I can't pull it up, but um, it says, someone asks, like when people ask him who is your competition, he will say to them, uh, he, he will essentially say, I'm not sure, I don't know the answer to that question. Because what we do now is different from what we did six months ago. And what we do six months from today will be different to what we do today.
0: It's the river quote you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? A man doesn't stand in the same river twice. Twice.
1: Because he's not the same man and it's not the same river. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're always evolving and always changing. And so Simon Sinek said that. And what that made me realize and why I saved it on my phone, it's like in my notes app. It's like the first note that pops up and it reminds me every time that I will never have competition, ever. And it's not to be arrogant to go, oh, you're better than everyone It's not like I'm fucking just as useless as everyone else. But it's like, but I can't compete with another company doing this because I'm not the same man and I'm not the same river. Like it's just never gonna be the two same things. But, yeah.
0: There's a quote that I quite like it is, and it's on a similar vein, is confidence isn't walking into a room thinking you're better than everyone else confidence is walking into the room and not needing to compare yourself exactly and yeah. I love that and it resonates yeah. it's like I'm so focused on what I'm doing I don't need to see how I'm shaping up I don't need to compare myself I can look and be like yo that's brilliant yeah tell me about that yeah can we share can I ask you questions like yeah sitting down with you for an hour twice um <laughs> getting to pick your brain might have been a long-term strategy. Yeah, as a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Don't
1: need to send an invoice. No.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that I think is a huge difference, and it's until it clicks, it it doesn't no. click. Like you can hear, you know, the grass is greener. Yeah. All these sorts of things. Comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah. But until one day, like the penny drops, and yeah. you realize, like, oh shit, yeah, it isn't a net zero-sum game. No. Your success is not a threat to my success. No. There are so many people. In the world, there's so many people using TikTok. One person getting a billion views is not going to prevent you from getting. If anything, it means people are going to come back to TikTok and yeah. they're enjoying it. So you yeah. want to see
1: yeah. 100%, others level up. And 100. I
0: had a coach once say, like, you want to be the best not because others are bad, but because you're better than the best. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And
0: I want to see you. I want to see others push themselves. And so I push myself, so if I'm beating you, I know that you had to work so hard. Yeah, yeah. And then if you are better than me, I'll tip my cat up cap yeah. off and be like, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not wanting to see others fail just so you can be the best. Yeah, I totally agree.
1: Like and that that mindset's been instilled in me since I was a kid, like with dad playing chess, right? Like the old saying of chess is the only way to get better at chess is playing better opponents is the only way. And I've always known that. I've always known. So that that style of thinking means that competition is good, but then this next level of thinking was like, so, so sorry. So first of all, for most of my life, I was like, I want the toughest competition. I want to be the dumbest person in the room. I want to play the best people at every game I play, so I can get better every time. But then this next level of thinking with Simon Sinek was, okay, but you can't. You're not comparing yourself to them. So there's no like, oh. I'm better now because I'm doing it better than those guys. It's just like, now what I do instead of going, I need to beat them, it's like, thank you so much for teaching me. And so it's like just a slight change in the way I think instead of going, I beat that person, to going, thank you so much for the learnings you gave me. And that's kind of how I think now, which is now that I'm here, I'm applying the same thing. Like I've met met some amazing people. I went to Adweek, had I seen you before Adweek?
0: No, but I've been to a conference with Adweek.
1: So good, so we had not met each other, so I went to Adweek after I met you last time. Yeah. Holy shit, so I went to Adweek and I was like, I know nothing, I know nothing, and I was in this room with media agencies and creative agencies who were just doing stuff at levels that we couldn't even dream of being, and I left that, I mean it was, like to be fair, the panels were pretty fucking boring, like they weren't very excited, but the content of what they were saying, was, I was just like, holy shit, thank you so much. Like, I've learned so much from these people. But I could have sat there and gone, I've got no chance in the city. I'm up against these guys. These guys are like 4,000 people strong, making movies for Mattel. Like, what have I got to offer, you know? But instead I was just like, wow, we could make a movie for Mattel. <laughs> you know, like, that is epic.
0: Like, that's where the capabilities can go. Yeah. There is no roof. They're there and who even knows what they're looking up to. Exactly. But what you said as well about like you need to play better opponents to get better at chess. You're also in a position where your energy and attention is somewhat divided because you are the better player Mm -hmm. and you have a team of 21 who want to learn from you. Mm -hmm. So how do you try to upskill yourself Mm -hmm. but then also appreciate, like, I need to give time that's maybe not as valuable Mm -hmm. to me but it's going to be exponentially valuable to the team.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you read my post recently, and that's why you asked me this question, but um, <laughs> but uh, I'm doing this very poorly at the moment. Uh, I'm like uh, struggling to find my own time to develop. And look, I say that pre-New York, since I've been in New York, it's been a bit different. I've, um, I've got a new gym where I'm not doing classes, where I was in New Zealand. So because I'm not doing classes, I can read audiobooks again at the gym, which is, again, I, I get a lot out of reading. I'm, I'm a big reader. So I am doing some stuff, so it's a little bit different now. But I wasn't giving myself as much time to develop, which meant that I'm not learning anything new to tell the team, and I'm only learning through doing. And I actually learn a lot more from books and reading. I, some people learn a lot from doing stuff, but I learn a lot from theory. I'm a real theory-based learner. And so I was struggling there. But then my team, there's so many of them now, like I can, there's just no way I can give them all my time. So I've actually stopped giving almost any of them my time except the leadership team. And so it's more effective that I just go, Nate, you and I need to get you so good so you could be me to those guys. The trickle and then,
0: and then. down effect, yeah.
1: And you yeah. have to, it's the only way. And not even just that, like the, the hardest thing in being a leader isn't to lead others, it's to lead others that lead others that lead others. That's real hard. And so what you have to do is I have to tell, okay, Nate, I need you to do this thing and be like this to Connor so Connor can lead these guys.
0: Yeah. And that
1: there's real hard to do because it's Chinese whispers, right? And I have to get to this guy. I have to get a all the way down here who's reporting to Connor, who's reporting to Nate, who's reporting to me. Um, I've done it lots in my career so I've, I've, I'm okay with it. Um, but it's, it's so, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm doing it right. Well, I am, my team's fucking awesome. I'm doing it right. The thing I dislike about it is like, I love that part so much. I now only get to do it to four people, because Joni as well, because she's with me. But Joni, Nate, Elaine and Alicia, they're only four I get to do it with and I've got this team of 21 and five interns and we're about to hire another nine people. Um, so we're gonna have like 35 people in the team and I'm gonna get to talk to four of them. Yeah. That sucks for me because I love that part so much. I love just watching people grow. Like I love watching their mindset shift. Like, one day they'll come to work and they'll say something and I'm like, hmm, you picked it up. You're good. I can leave you alone now. But I don't get to do that as much anymore.
0: No, especially going back to the start, when you're so far away, that's what you're missing. And when you go back in another five weeks, you're going to talk to me with people and be like, it's clicked and I didn't see it. But be proud of it because yeah. your leadership team that you've empowered yeah. and that's that whole tall poppy that you don't have and like you want to see others succeed because it comes back to you it benefits them mm. and your team is so invested and committed to you mm. you can just tell the tone the way people speak about the attention seeker and about Stanley it's like mm. your brand mm. is seeping through yeah which is incredible
1: yeah 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 oh, it's amazing like, it's just amazing. Like, it's everything I wanted. And I, I'm kind of happy because, like, I when, you, when you're when you a leader and you start a business, it's you're just not sure if the approach that you want to take is the right one because... So, like, there's all these things I do in the business that from the outside people are like, are you crazy? This is not how this shit's done. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing it like that, Stan? But then time and time again we're being proven right that this is the right thing. And so... Like, you know, I read these posts, like this is one from Maddie, a new girl, who I've, I've met five or six times before I left and now she works for me full time. I barely know her, she's amazing, like lovely girl. But she wrote this post on LinkedIn the other day and I was just talking about um, her time with us and then I watched a vlog on her TikTok which is also saying the same thing where she's like, I've never worked in a place where your bosses hug you every day, you know, or where. She's like, I've been told I love you more times here than I can remember anywhere else. And she's like, and it's not fake, like it's genuine, they genuinely love that I'm part of their team. And she was saying how that, how awesome it was. And that made me real happy, because I was like, that's the culture we want. Like, we want people to want to be there, not because they get a paycheck, but because there's a group of people that are making them better. And not even that, like, not even necessarily that, they're like, like we, we have a model of like, we come to work to do cool shit. And that is true, but, not even so much that, just to be like, I want to be around these people all day because they make me happy. And when I'm at my worst, I know they've got my back. And I think that's quite cool. Like One of the things that Joni was telling to, uh, we met some people last night, had had, um, just caught some people last night and then Joni was sort of saying to them about our culture and she was saying, like, the best thing about it is, is that when you're, like, you see us all happy-go-lucky and all this sort of stuff, but she's like, when you're sad or you're not doing too well, Someone will come up to you and be like, Oh, you want to cup of tea or you want to go for a walk? And that person knows instantly that you've seen them and they're like, Yeah, I do it. Actually, I need that. And that, 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 Joni saying that was like one of the proudest things about my business that I've got. Yeah. Because that enables me to do all the other shit. You know, if you've got a team who works like that, you can do anything.
0: It's easy to jump on the bandwagon when things are going well or to be in that hype state all the time. Yeah. But to recognize and see someone when they're not,
1: yeah, yeah, that's it's huge. Special. It's huge. Like, I mean, it gives me goosebumps, right? Like, it's, it's huge. Yeah.
0: Um, now we've been chatting. The hour is coming to an end. I'm gonna hit you with a classic sign-off question. Cool. That you've.
1: <laughs> heard I've heard before. I'll just put. It.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you had to have just one meal for the rest of your life, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, what's it gonna be?
1: What did I say last time? I don't remember. But you know what? This this question changes all the time for me. Um, but there's two, I'm not, I'm not going to give you two, I'm going to give you one, but there's two ways I think about this. There is burger and fries.
0: Head and the heart, yep.
1: Burger and fries. But then there's like this idea of like the simplest meal possible. Very good sourdough bread with good butter and salt. That's it. Fuck, I could live on that. Just a fresh sourdough. That's like the simplest meal. Mm-hmm. But it's probably burger on fries.
0: <laughs> oh, brilliant. Okay. That's...
1: I think last time, you know what I said last time? Roast pork. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Roast pork's a good one too. Roast pork's the complete meal, but...
0: And then we went down a rabbit hole. I will put that up, that conversation, if people, because it is a brilliant one and we touched upon things we didn't touch upon here. I just want to thank you so much ridiculously like you're so busy and you found the time again to help me mm. i i'm stepping into the river a new person <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you so much nah, for being on Tall poppy talk twice and i'm just yeah really pumped to see what the next five weeks plus yeah. is gonna bring Maybe
1: we have to do a third one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you never know this hard drive might fail now nah, look honestly like i said to you last time i love the scrappiness of what you did last time it resulted in what it resulted in and that is what it is but there is nothing more um cool to see in people especially young people like you to be able to go oh hey i screwed up thank you. now like it's keep keep doing that
0: thank you so much for listening to tall poppy talk we'll see you next time feel free to check us out on socials youtube and the website thanks for today's guest Take care, be kind.